Nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. GLers, today on the podcast, we're going to discuss the shameful behavior of Diane Feinstein, who is uh, bringing uh, uh, Brett Kavanaugh a low blow at this late hour in his judicial appointment. She should be ashamed of herself. We also discover that uh, we have it so good in this country that students at the University of Wisconsin in Madison have managed to uh, discover that the ice cream served on campus is not inclusive enough because it contains a, a, a gelatin material that would deprive certain uh, ethnic groups or religious uh, groups from uh, enjoying it because that would violate their dietary symptoms. We also lose the VW Beetle, and uh, we reminisce about a B-52 bomber that crashed into a farm field and farmhouse in Inver what is now Invergrove Heights in 1958. We also want to take a moment and give a big thanks to our supporting partner, Fratelloni's Ace Hardware, a family-owned company that takes pride in customer service. So please support this partner of the GL Podcast. That's my Ace Hardware. I uh, I frequent the one on uh, Grand and Dale in St. Paul, but they're all over the Twin Cities. It's the best hardware store around. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. I've got you converted to calming light, don't I? One hundred percent. We need to uh, we need to adjust that in that uh, cubby hole of a studio that we're in. I want nice underneath cubicle light. I hate overhead. I don't need a twenty minute description. No. I just said. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, I'll calm down. Boy, how things change. Got wow. my rosacea relief medicine going, and we're going to turn this one around. We're going to turn you look Rudolph better. around. You look a lot better. Yeah. Terribly sad news for GLers. What? We lost Tommy. What? Mm -hmm. We just talked to him. Steve Tomey passed away last night at St. John's Hospital in Maplewood. Longtime fan of the show. Shoot. Never missed a scramble. Today's scramble will be in honor of Mr. Tomey. Didn't we just talk to him? No. Oh, he tried to get to the fair, according to Kevin, but he was unable to make it. Oh Is that Kevin God. McDonald, his buddy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> if I could ask one favor, Kevin writes, it would be to please dedicate the initial podcast scramble to our dear friend Steve Tomey. Consider it done. Oh, heavens, yes. Consider it done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a punch to the gut. And fact-based, I sometimes have to, uh, oh, I need to report something uh, upbeat. Well, Tommy, when you get up there, tell God to download the podcast and don't forget to rate it. <laughs> <laughs> we need all the divine intervention we can uh, help. You're mighty. Uh, right. Just have one request. Right. GLers, thank you. Uh, I finally took a, a, a the pail of money. Collected at the fair for the Muscular Dystrophy Association. Yes, uh, we, it came to three hundred and twenty-five dollars and eight cents. 
Very nice. And now that might not sound like a lot, but just think of that. That's people throwing quarters into a pail. That's hefty. That's yeah. That's uh, you had a good uh, you had a good turnout. And somebody put a fifty dollar coin ca- uh, Canadian in there, and apparently that's only worth something in Canada. So I don't know. I'm not going to. Did you get to keep it? Yeah, the bank won't well, take I it. Well, I have it. The bank won't take it. Sure. Uh, anybody uh, in the staff, if you're going to Canada, I'll give it to you. Okay. I'll take it. I'll, I'll change road, it up there. Winnipeg Road Trip. Yeah, Winnipeg mm-hmm. Road uh, Trip or uh, Montreal. So, so thank you, GLers. That went to the Greg Marzoff Jr. Foundation. There's another good man we lost. F- uh, fact-based. Yesterday, yeah. I was claiming that Sam Darnold was the youngest starting quarterback since the NFL-AFL merger in 1970? Yes. Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey notes, contrary to what several sources have claimed, Sam Darnold will not be the youngest starting quarterback uh, since the merger in 1970. He will be the youngest starter for a season opener at Ah. 21 years, 97 days. The honor of youngest uh, starting quarterback still belongs to Tommy Maddox at 21 years, 81 days. He started for the Broncos in week six of the 92 season. So what? let me see if I understand this. Check this out. Uh, right. Uh, he will not be the youngest starting quarterback. He will be the youngest starter for a season opener. There we go. But the youngest starter ever was Tommy Maddox at 21 years, 81 days. Who in week six would have been, you know, think of how much younger he would have been on opening day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey provides a list uh, of the players, uh, Fran Tarkenden was uh, 21 years old in 226 days in Game One. That's all I need to read. About hey, did that. you ever write any of those um, books that I would have read in, say, grade school, fifth grade, fourth grade? That was a, a bio of maybe Fran Tarkington. Yes, or I did. Ch- really? Yeah, I worked. It was from. It was for an educational outfit in Mankato. So I probably read. You know, right. as a nativity, I did OJ. I did OJ Simpson. Yeah, I remember all that. I remember that's how I, I never forgot Francis Asbury Tarkington. Mm-hmm. And then when I don't, he did re- his... I don't re- remember if I did a Tarkington one. Okay, that, well, they were. Didn't you do Jenner? I did Jenner. Yeah. Wow, you should reconnect. I did OJ. Okay, let's do a follow up. Let's do a follow up. How are we doing? Wait, what I have did, you been doing lately? I did one called. How to repair your ten-speed bicycle? I have that in my possession, in my collection. <laughs> you do not. Your reading, do your reading effort should improve. You should uh, <laughs> expand on I, your hey, reading. Hey, 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 Mr. Optimist! I didn't say I read it. Right. Wait. I want to thank a guy named uh, John Mapes, who sent us a bump today with his uh, gracious permission to play it, and he, it's a great song. For the mystery, the first verse is, everything is the worst thing ever. Time to freak out and pull out your hair. Any little change will result in disaster. I guess it makes sense to wallow in despair. I've not heard of John Mace before, but thank you. It's from an album of his called Where We End Up. And it's it's uh, and John is going to have the honor of being the first uh, bump you'll hear today. How's that? Excellent. And what I want to say is, uh, I desperately miss the dynamic of music on this show. Uh, I think as yeah. we look back, we, we did rock and roll talk radio on the air. Our music was carefully selected. It was, it was used in certain ways to help elevate or bring down moods. It was to me, a yeah. integral part of the success of well, garage logic. And I desperately miss music. And here's what I propose. Uh, first of all, you guys are going to contact hippocampus. Yep. That should have been done yep. already. You're going to contact the Jayhawks, Reavers. Mm-hmm. That should have been done already. I bet I want to put the word out 
to uh, GLers if you got a, if you're in a band or you're you have kids who are in a band and they want to submit something to us. And if we like it enough, we'll play it. And if you do that, but you have to put a line in there that we, we grant you permission to use this without, without expectation of remuneration. And we should add to that, by the way, that's not our rule. It's not our, I'm not trying to be cheap here. No, and it's not even a Hubbard rule. That's, that's the, that's an FCC rule. Yeah. But I I think it's a great, it could be a great opportunity for uh, whoever is listening in the country uh, and you're you're struggling to get your music heard uh, I'll be glad to give it a listen right. and if it if it passes GL bump status right you'll you'll hear it on the podcast amen to that All and right? you know a lot of people that listen to the show they know the kind of theme and the kind of bump that they should be providing I really miss the music. I can't tell you how much. I, I had no idea how important that was. Well, we have to have a plan, though. We really have to have a plan. Well, I just, just didn't I just no. announce a plan? Yeah, but yours was again very optimistic. I I need to. We need to have a plan in place. Maybe a secret code for when a band sends something in, and it's ding ding, and we don't you know pick it up. We need to have a. Well, it still must be in transit, which would be our way of saying. <laughs> Uh, you guys really no, suck. I'm not gonna, no, 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 no. We're having trouble I'll just be candid. Through. You know that. Did, you hey, thank you, uh, Ace, for sending in your song. We don't have to mention anything. They'll either hear it or they won't. Well, they won't let up. They're going to be all over. Reavers going. Did you play it yet? Did you okay, play it? Say then it didn't. It didn't pass much. It's going to be Billy on his triangle. Right. Hey, hey, what the do you the think danger is this. This could be. Are you pregnant or not? This is the same thing we're playing. <laughs> well. Does your band suck or not? Well, you hear this song uh, coming up here on a bump whenever we get to it, uh, and you'll know that this song by John Mabe certainly passed. It's called uh, Everything Everything from Where We End Up. He has a very cool website, too. Yeah. that Hmm. uh, A very cool player on his website that's really neat. JohnMapes.BandCapCamp. Dot com. And when JohnMapes.BandCamp.com. And when he sent the initial email via the contact submission on the GarageLogic page at GarageLogic.com, mm-hmm. you can tell he's a diehard GL fan. Well, good. You know, that's how this this tune was created. Well, I wish uh, Susan Tedeschi would reach out. Hurricane Florence made landfall. And it's uh, depositing dreadful amounts of rain. <sighs> But it is being, it is, I told you, somewhere between CNN and fact would be the reality of this storm. The reality of this storm is uh, the wind is not a significant problem. The rain is. right. But one of the headlines uh, today was, it was like a bomb went off. That was an ABC News report. I purposely went back into the uh, archives to read again about Hazel in 1954. And one of the headlines in 1954 was, it sounded like a bomb went off. Really? It's the same exact thing. Uh, remembering Hurricane Hazel, it was like a bomb went off. Interesting. Which is the same thing that was said last night on, on ABC. Hurricane Hazel was the strongest landfalling hurricane to hit the Wilmington area in recorded history, gusts to 150 miles an hour, 30-foot waves. The difference was it was a fast-moving storm, so it didn't flood as significantly as they're experiencing now. But it, it carried so much energy that it even caused flooding damage in Toronto, Canada. Wow. You can see, if you go back into the archives, you can see its track. And uh, 
it moved uh, west to west, northwest through the central uh, uh, part of the co- or the east coast, and and still uh, dumped a whole bunch of rain on Toronto. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. But but my point being, uh, what you're seeing now in the reports is dreadful. But isn't that what hurricanes do? No, we they they, they hammer you. And and another uh, aspect of this is how how many people don't have flood insurance. How you could live there and not have flood insurance is beyond me. Did you see the percentages? Yeah, I got it right here. Okay. Uh, standard homeowners insurance policies typically cover damage from fire and other storm-related events, but they exclude storm surge and other flooding damage and wind damage in some coastal communities. Instead, you got to buy a separate policy to get the excluded coverage. For flood policies, they typically buy from the U.S. government. As of July 31, the latest figures available, the 134,306 policies in place in North Carolina from the National Flood Insurance Program represented a 3.6% decline from 2013. In South Carolina, ownership was down 1.2% to 204,342. The declines came despite a significant building along the coast in both states over the same period. Residents of these states are materially less prepared than they were in the past to deal with the financial consequences associated with major flooding events, said Robert Hartwig, a risk management and insurance professor at the University of South Carolina's Darla Darla Moore School of Business. The widespread lack of flood insurance and low savings balances across much of the U.S. population will force hundreds of thousands of homeowners to seek federal disaster assistance in the form of grants and loans. In other words, we'll pay for it. Where do our sensibilities lie? Yeah. Where do our sensibilities lie? Hmm. It would be my responsibility to make sure I had flood insurance. Right. Uh, that's just and, a GL concept. And if you're that close to the water, I don't even think that's a roll of the dice. I think that's you get it from day one. We're, the taxpayers will foot the bill for this. Uh, and and I'm not trying to be cold here. Okay. But I want to see some exercising of personal responsibility. Buy your own damn flood insurance. How dumb are you? Can't be that expensive. And if it is, got to sacrifice something else in order to have the flood insurance. And live on the on the coast or wherever you're living. Hmm. Uh, people just don't. It, it speaks. It, it speaks to the lack of moral and ethical integrity to a certain extent, and and I can link it to the, uh, you know the the human caused climate change. People say, well, you know, climate change uh, disproportionately impacts uh, lower socioeconomic groups. Uh, B as in B, S as in S. There is nothing to prevent you from buying flood insurance. Nothing. Right, and that's the first thing you should think of when you're that close to the water. You're going to live in North. If you're going to live in Wilmington, North Carolina, you need flood insurance. Cut and dry. Is it also an example of of man, people, humans, hu- humankind losing touch with nature? Don't they respect what? Nature can do. Go yeah, back and, and if you're if you're convinced that uh, you know Anderson Cooper has sold you on the idea that this is the most catastrophic storm in the history of the world, just do your own homework. Go back and read about Hazel, when it was extremely unlikely that the Washington Post blamed Hazel on Dwight Eisenhower. <clears throat> you're living in low flat country. 
right at sea level. You're going to go down there and build your dream retirement home or whatever. Buy your own flood insurance. Should be the same for the people of Louisiana too, correct? Everywhere, everywhere. So in 54, a bomb went off and in... 2018, a bomb went off. Let's do the math. I think I got it wrong the other day. Uh-oh. Uh, Hazel was October 15th, 1954. That would be, don't tell me, 64 years ago. Wow, spot on. Look I at think it. the other day I said 62. Oh. So. That's okay. Yeah, I gained a couple years. On the podcast, am I allowed to do math? I wasn't on well, air. Well, right here, you were just fine, so I guess well, let's give it a shot. I huh? suppose if it's really bad, we can just cut it out. Yeah. All right. You want to do math on the podcast? Yeah, I'll do math. Commencing garage logic segment. Commencing garage logic segment number two. more like it, isn't it? Yeah. Although we appreciate the efforts of Johnny and Dylan Hyde. Of course. This is John Mapes from uh, the piece called Where We End Up. The behavior of the uh, of Diane Feinstein is uh, is shameful. Uh, she's this isn't she the Senate Judiciary Committee? The senior Democrat on the Senate Judiciary Committee. The left is so terrified that uh, Kavan, uh, uh, that Kavanaugh will get appointed to the Supreme Court. Yeah. That now at the last moment, uh, Feinstein has kicked him in the balls below the belt significantly. Mm-hmm. She claims to have a document alleging uh, uh, impropriety on the part of Kavanaugh when he was in high school. Uh, she doesn't name the person making this accusation. But she is, she's fleshing it out by saying, well, of course, I had to give it to the FBI for further investigation. Uh, it, 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 she's not shared the, le- uh, the letter with the committee's chairman, Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa. Uh, she's, she's done nothing except drop this poison bomb into the middle of Washington, D.C. that uh, somehow managing to intimate that, that Kavanaugh was some sort of sexual predator in high school. Yeah, how deep? He denies it emphatically. Uh, he's a solid human being. The left is terrified of him because he believes in the Constitution of the United States. And they had to go back to high school to find a a potential. We don't even know if it's true. Screen. Right. We don't even know if it's true. They should take the report, rip it up, and say, you know what? He was in high school, and had he done something seriously bad in high school, it would have been taken care of. Uh. uh Mr. Kavanaugh, I'm reading a little bit from today's Wall Street Journal. Mr. Kavanaugh had come through his confirmation hearing last week without a dent, and Democrats had made themselves look bad by editing his quotes and spreading innuendo unrelated to his judicial views. Meanwhile, the political left is demanding that Democrats do something, anything, to stop this highly qualified jurist from being appointed to the high court. Enter Feinstein. I have received information from an individual concerning the nomination of Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court, Feinstein said in a statement. That individual strongly requested confidentiality, declined to come forward or press the matter further, and I have honored that decision. I have, however, referred the matter to federal investigative authorities. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, lady, you sea hag. 
This is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. ridiculous. And let's say he got fresh with a gal in high school. Okay. Uh, He apparently didn't get fresh enough that anything was done about it back then, which would have been the early 1980s. Well, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Again, we don't know what this is, but if it was something serious, I'm sure it would have been dealt with right there. According to the Wall Street Journal, Feinstein has had this letter since the summer and that it was first sent to the office of Representative Anna Eshoo, a Democrat from Silicon Valley. But if the information is worrying enough to send to the FBI, why did Feinstein wait so long? She didn't bring it up during the summer in the run-up to the hearings. She didn't mention it when she met with Kavanaugh, and she didn't think it was important enough to tell her colleagues. How can you... Well, the decline of moral and ethical integrity is across the board. It reaches all the way to the likes of Feinstein. Mm. Oh. The charitable charitable explanation might be that she didn't think the information was credible enough to warrant investigation, but that now under pressure from her colleagues, she felt obliged to surface it. In the current Me Too frenzy, Democrats may think the story will scare Republican senators where nothing else has. Speaking of that, just when you think they can't get any lower, I was reading today, listen to this one. Uh, well, here's, here's, first of all, here's Kavanaugh. Uh, Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh vigorously denied claims involving an alleged high school incident made in an undisclosed letter and turned over to the FBI by Senator Dianne Feinstein, Democrat, California. I categorically and unequivocally deny this allegation. I did not do this back in high school or at any time, Kavanaugh said in a statement Friday. It's it's just, it's appalling. It's a... and I would be saying the same thing if this was a Republican pulling this stunt. Mm-hmm. It's it's just appalling human. God, she's what, 80 years old? Yeah. Is Go she going to grow up? Go away. It's Stop just divide. Stop trying to keep the country divided. But the left is terrified. Listen to this. Um, uh, a crowdfunding site has been set up to raise money to defeat uh, Senator Susan Collins in Maine. She's a moderate Republican. Uh, she's being threatened. Uh, if she votes to confirm Kavanaugh, if she votes to confirm Kavanaugh, this crowdfunding will be here. I'll tell you how it works. Wow. Uh, the liberal organizations, Mainers for Accountable Leadership and the Maine People's Alliance are using the crowdfunding site in an effort to strong arm, strong arm Collins into voting no for Kavanaugh. Under terms of the fundraising deal, donors pledge money with a credit card. If Collins votes yes on Kavanaugh's nomination, the cards will be charged and all donations will go to Collins' opponent in 2020, whoever that may be. However, if Collins votes no on Kavanaugh's confirmation, the cards won't be charged and no donations will be given to her opponent. Collins said of these schemes, it's offensive, it's of questionable legality, and it is extraordinary to me that people would want to participate and try to essentially buy a senator's vote. What Now, now we need to watch her. It, it, Will she wow. succumb to this? Will she, or will she have a backbone? Will she have a backbone and vote to confirm Kavanaugh, or will this stunt throw her off her game? You know, th- this, these people ever want to serve the citizens of this country? No, they only want. Uh, their I shouldn't issues. be condemning Collins before the vote, but do you think Diane Feinstein has your interests at heart or mine? No. No. Well, this is pathetic. This is Trump derangement syndrome. 
To date, the crowdfunding site has raised more than $1.2 million for more than 45,000 pledges. Not only is it extraordinary that so many people are willing to essentially try to buy a vote, it is remarkable that people are willing to give money to a Democratic candidate not even selected two years before the election. How yeah, right. terrified is, can you be of this, this is fellow? Twenty twenty. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, she's also uh, receiving uh, vulgar harassment calls at her office, as well as a rape threat against one of her staffers. Uh, Collins has worked alongside both Democrats and Republicans, and she can hardly be considered partisan. Yet her colleagues on the left are sitting in stone cold science, silence. Not a single Democrat has come out and condemned these tactics. Man, we're in trouble. We're just, we're in trouble. Around and round the widening gyre, the falcon cannot hear the falconer. We should get some hearing aids. The center, the, the center is not holding. Senator Orrin Hatch, Republican Utah, blasted his Democratic colleagues for not calling out such abhorrent behavior against Collins and her staff, tweeting, Every Democrat should be condemning these antics in Maine, attempting to bribe Senator Collins to vote against Judge Kavanaugh, and threatening sexual violence against staffers if she votes for him is absolutely disgusting. In, in the meantime, in the meantime, right here, you got Keith Ellison running for Attorney General of Minnesota. There's a great... Great letter in the Pioneer Press today regarding that. Where is the outrage about the Democrats sticking with their nominee, Keith Ellison? You could be sure if a Republican were accused of alleged domestic abuse, the Democrats would be calling for a head on a platter. Just because Ellison denies it happened doesn't mean that it didn't happen. If the victim says it happened and her son saw the video of it, that should be proof enough that it did happen. The victim shouldn't be forced to release the video, which would further victimize her. I've seen nothing in the press to indicate that there is even an investigation into this matter. Ellison says he wants to be elected attorney general to protect Minnesota families. Who is going to protect Minnesota families from Keith Ellison? Voters, you either have a choice. You have a choice on election day. Show Ellison the door. Elaine County, Roseville. Thank you, Elaine. Very good. Hmm. That's a good point. I've heard nothing about. Uh... The left is willing to destroy a Supreme Court nominee on an allegation by an anonymous source that he got frisky. What else am I supposed to conclude? I, I have no evidence of anything. Right. That he allegedly got frisky with a gal when he was in high school. The left is willing to destroy this learned scholar. But you don't hear a peep from the left, a peep about much more serious allegations leveled against Ellison. Isn't that something? Yeah, it's been no, no coverage. Nothing. Well, he was covered the other day in the Star Tribune. Remember, we brought it up. Uh, and he was covered almost as though these allegations against him are a burden oh, he yes. has to face as he plows his way through the uh, political uh, waters to achieve the, the noble goals he has set for himself. And B.S. B as in B, S as in S. Where are you people? Where are you people that are willing to destroy Kavanaugh based on nothing? Where are you when it comes to Ellison? Not a peep from you hypocrites. Not one single peep. Because you're in the club. I guess you got to think what the club tells you to think. You can't think for yourself. You just can't think for yourself. <laughs>
Enhancing Garage Logic Segment Number 3 I have to move on to the, uh, who's calling on the line? I have no idea how he found the studio number, but your buddy, and I'm going to call him your buddy, Rick from Harlingen. Rick? Uh, hello, Joe. This is Rick from Harlingen, Harlingen Texas. How, how are you? Rick, uh, we're no longer live on the air. We're doing a podcast. It's uncanny that you would call. I bet you were anticipating interrupting John Heights' newscast. Well, that that is uh, that was my intention. I, th- this is normally when I can get into the um, the broadcast. I, did, I was unaware. That... We're on a podcast now, Rick. Oh, how does how does that work? Well, I, how, do I download or how does it? Yes, you can. Uh, you'll you'll figure it out, Rick. Uh, all right. Uh, so I'm just calling you drive right now. I, with apologies to Johnny Height, I, I I don't want to take up any of his news time. Well, he's not here today. He's not here today. You're throwing me quite a few uh, curveballs today. Uh, is yeah, yeah. all hell broke loose? You're throwing us one, aren't you, Rick? On a on a on a scramble Friday, right? Holy hell! Well, that's going to throw me off my game here. But uh, what can I do for you, Rick? Well, we're we're, uh, we're I can't really say we're live. Yes, uh, we are. We are not. No one. No I, one is hearing you right now. Uh, am I being uh, Joe? Am I being recorded? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, then let us uh, let. Oh, then I'll I will go about my business and and, and hang up. But we're doing fine down here in Harlan, Jim. Well, I'm I'm thrilled the for border. you. Do you, you why, no why why hurricane, why uh, problems or anything like that? Uh, why why have coastal you, town, Rick? Why have you felt it necessary to to call us with your your material? Well, uh, out of uh, lonesomeness, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was it was fun to listen to you on the. Uh, the computer and it it, uh, it kind of reminded me of home. All right. And now my home is in Harlingen, Harlingen, Texas. It's yeah. hard to say, Joe. You have to slow down and say it. Mm-hmm. But the other day, my my funny uh, my Bill, my buddy, and I were we were over at the bar, mm-hmm. just minding our own business. And this uh, this well, as your friend Patrick would say, she was a uh, a big gal. Mm-hmm. Uh, she a very plain looking woman came up behind me. Uh, grabbed my rear end and said, well, sir, you are cute. Do you have a phone number? And I said, well, yes. Do you have a pen? And she said, yes, sir, I've got a pen. And I said, then you better get back before the farmer misses you. Cost me six stitches. Well, hell, when you're my age, who the hell cares, though, huh? Because she had to get back to the... I get it, Rick. She wasn't a riding utensil that I was uh, curious about. <laughs> Do you have a pen? Well, you better get, I get back I get the, the farmer. I got this it. This is you. Yeah. That, uh, that's a big girl joke, Joe. I, I, I guess it is. Uh, Rick from Harlingen, Texas, signing off. I'll, I'll, find, I'll track down that podcast. All right, thank you. Yes, sir, thank hey, you. Thank you. That was Rick from Harlingen. Wait till Kenny gets a hold of that line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pretty uh, good joke. Reavers, That's a golf course joke. Reavers, <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell the tell the Rick Harlan, uh, tell Rick and all the other Ricks out there how they can listen to the podcast. Very very simple. It's uh, one of a number of ways. Most easy. Just go to garagelogic.com. You go to the website. You click on play. Boom. You're listening to the show. It's that simple. Anytime you want, wherever you want, whenever you want. Uh, if you're an iTunes subscriber. 
you can just uh, download the show. It will automatically download it for you. And then you can also rate the show. You can only rate the show via iTunes. Mm-hmm. What's the point of the ratings? Because it helps uh, to boost our rating. Uh-huh. And you can give us a one out of five or whatever. Well, but we would prefer you not. Sure. But but it also then, once you get a, a better rating, it helps other people find the show that might be unfamiliar with Garage Logic. Not only is it a Scramble Friday, but uh, Patrick will be joining us, as in days of old, for a sports update segment. I know you guys. If I, he remembers. Well, we'll find. We got his number. Joe, you, uh, you don't follow Roycey on Twitter because you don't tweet. That's right. But um, I tweet for this show. Yes, you do. Yeah. But uh, Patrick's got a lot of time on his hands. Yeah, I'm afraid so. But, you know, I want to talk to him about the Gopher football game. Uh, did you, do you realize they're— Vikings-Packers. Vikings-Packers at Green Bay. Do you realize they're moving the starting times of local games? Like St. Thomas, for example, is going to play Hamlin at 6 p.m. They're afraid of the heat this weekend? Oh, really? Yeah. B as in B, S as in S. No, it's going to be summer. I know, but it's this— Okay, drink water. Drink water and nobody's going to fall out I, I don't dehydrated. Think, I don't think your life's going to be upended because St. Thomas is playing at 6. Well, but it also might the be— The Gophers, I think, are playing at 2. I think they are. But, uh, Rook, it also might be people don't want to sit out in the heat, so they might get a better crowd if it's at night. And the UST, I can guarantee you that <laughs> 80% of the UST student population will not make it to 6 o'clock on game day. You know, speaking of— Gophers pe- have Miami of Ohio. That's right. Mm. Uh, I saw something. This is a couple of days old, but this floored me. So we were we were talking about the state fair attendance, mm-hmm. uh, how we we had the the biggest crowd in the history of state fairs, over two million people. They're going to outdraw the twins this year. Really, the state fair? No, yeah. really. I, saw, I think it was was it Randball on Star Tribune that, that that pointed that out that the twins are on pace to have uh, uh, an overall attendance for this calendar year less than what the state fair had. Wow. Yeah. Say. Uh, Aaron Rodgers apparently is going to play Sunday. The the growing speculation is that he will play. He hasn't practiced all week. but Well, I think uh, uh, Jim Suhan had a good point today, writing in the Star Tribune. If, you're, if, if Rodgers' health is questionable to start, then he shouldn't start. I agree. In other words, I'll get you the exact line. It was a pretty good line. Uh, I have it right here. Uh, it's worth repeating because people all over the country probably pay attention to uh, the Green Bay Packers, right? Right. Well, and Aaron Rodgers uh, is one of the faces of the NFL. Okay. Here's the test. This is Suhan. Here's the test the Packers should administer while making the decision. If you wonder whether Rodgers is healthy enough to play in week two, he's not healthy enough to play in week two. End of story, huh? Yeah. Well, and he is their entire football team. Well, you he, saw he might that. Be, he, might be the, he might be the face of the league. Mm-hmm. And that's why when you're going up against a defense like the Vikings, that you have to weigh. It, it's week two. It's, why wouldn't you let the guy have a, make sure he's perfect? Right. Because if you lose him like they did last year, your season is lost if you're the Packers. Yeah. Who was it that threw him to the ground? It was uh, uh, Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr. Last year. Uh, and broke his uh, on, a, on a fairly ball. clean play. It wasn't was... penalized for the play. It was it was an uh, illegal but unnecessary hit in the eyes of some. But didn't that result in some rules changes? It sure did. And that changes what? And there will be a microscope on this game because of that rule mm-hmm. change. 
What's the new rule? Uh, oh, my God. It's like the— You def- can't throw a quarterback to the ground? You can't 80% of your yeah, weight it's, it's a body weight issue, and it has to be— But the problem with it is it's it's so entirely subjective that it's you're, you're waiting for the official to judge whether or not the, the defensive player used too much force. Mm-hmm. Which is— how those guys all got their jobs, crunching people in college. Well, if, you and- s- if you saw some of the, the hits in the preseason and in week one, they are. I, I understand what they're trying to do, but you just simply can't take certain parts of the game out of football Well, before you change it entirely. Well, my theory is the game will morph into a yep. reality TV and slash sport. And it's happening. It's happening in many, many ways right before our eyes. Either that or you're going to have to accept death. Mm-hmm. They're too big and too fast. Except death. Well, little fat guys in the 1930s running around with leather helmets on, none of them had concussion issues. Right. They didn't use their heads. Right. uh, uh, A better protected player is more gutsy. Wasn't that, uh, I know I'm off track here on what I wanted to talk about, but this this strikes me as interesting. Wasn't that discussed uh, in the modern NFL to, um, to go without helmets? There was a discussion, but it'll that you, I don't you could, think you'd, then you'd really die. Yeah, these guys can't help themselves. I, I doubt that will ever happen. Well, no. I, would you would you want to watch an NFL game? No, no. And and plus, well, rugby does the same thing without helmets. Rugby is uh, closer contact collisions, not the high speed collisions. Okay. Rugby is a giant scrum that moves up and down the field like a like a, a blob of algae. A lot of mud in rugby. Yeah. Like yeah, no, hey, what is it? The uh, that a bog, like, like a, a bog, bog. It's like the bog on uh, <laughs> Long Lake. Yes. Just moves around bog. and sometimes stops. Right. Not in football. You got six foot four guys who weigh two hundred and eighty pounds who can run the forty yard dash in about two seconds. Right. Boom. That, that was still my most disappointing part of the fair when the LD agreed with you about. Cutting up the the bog with the big saw. The big. Why would that disappoint? Bring in the because blades. Turn waiting, that chopper yeah, on its side. I was waiting for him to mock you, and he didn't. No, it was a hell of an idea. You cut that sucker up like a pizza. <laughs> Don't tell me the technology doesn't exist. Right. You just angle the blade. Bam. And then fly that thing over like you're cutting up a carbonis. Bang, bang, do. boom. Drag that bog stuff out of the. Uh, just drag it out of there. Drag it out of there. <laughs> Commencing the large logic segment number four. Let's go to the failed academy. I can't believe this will fly very long. What school is this? Hey, teacher, leave those kids alone. The University of Maryland at College Park announced uh, today... Uh, Let me double-check the date. Yes. Announced today a new diversity support group to create a safe space for white students. Oh, oh, really? (laughs) Okay. Where do we go? (laughs) To discuss their feelings about interactions with racial and ethnic minorities. This academy is destroyed. Not not University of Maryland College Park. The academy in general. It's destroyed. The support group is called White Awake. It'll help white students who may sometimes feel uncomfortable and confused before, during, or after interactions with racial and ethnic minorities. What this tells me is that there's an industry at that school that George Will was alluding to yesterday. There's an industry in place, systemically, in the academy to constantly keep uh, ethnic and racial questions at the forefront of your college experience. What do you mean? 
what do you mean a white kid needs help any more than any other kid needs help? Right. Uh, this is ridiculous. This group offers a safe space for white students to explore their experiences, questions, reactions, and feelings. Members will support and share feedback with each other as they learn more about themselves and how they can fit into a diverse world. What up? The description asks students if they want to improve their ability to relate to and connect with people different from themselves or if they want to become a better ally. Wow. I, 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 I can't... I, I... What is a better ally? What, what does that mean? Well, ally means friend, doesn't it? Okay, uh, all right. The group is being led by Noah Collins, who works for the uh, University of Maryland Counseling Center and will be held once a week. Collins specializes in group therapy and is interested especially in the areas of racial and cultural awareness. Doesn't this sound like it's from The Onion? Yes. The safe space has been met with harsh criticism from students. I'm ashamed over the execution of white awake, nor do I fully understand its clause. How can they fit into a diverse world? Why do they need to attend therapy sessions on how to be a decent human being in society? A student wrote on Twitter. Why do they need to have these sessions to learn how to coexist? Just like classes, you can't take one class and feel like you have all understanding over a certain subject. I, I really, really think GL parents really have to think hard before sending a kid to school. About your direction, about what the money you're going to be, the money you're going to spend on and the money you're going to be wasted. What on. do you, what do you think? I bet a lot of Minnesota kids go to the university of Wisconsin at Madison. Yes. I know. I know one that graduated from uh, Creighton that went there. Okay. What's that cost? Do you think for an outstate student? Outstate. That's gotta be oof, 40 grand. Maybe, at least 30, if 40. you're staying, Chris is on it. Well, when you hear this, when you hear my next visit to the failed academy, you have to ask yourself, why in the hell would you pay them anything? <laughs> anything. I don't know. I'll have to ask the kid about it. And again, I, if, if I didn't verify this, I would have sworn it's, it's from the onion. I, you can't, I can't make this stuff up. Wisconsin-Madison students have decided that ice, their ice cream is not inclusive enough. What the hell? <laughs> We're going to need sidekick in a can on that. You're joking. Um, your tuition rate, sir. Mm -hmm. uh, 12 to 18 resident is 5277 I'm assuming that's per semester. Mm -hmm. oh, probably. Uh, uh, that's for a resident. A non-resident, 18402 oh. All right. You ready? Minnesota reciprocity, $7,170. Members of the student council are requesting that the college change ingredients in the school's official ice cream. One ingredient in particular uh, violates some students' religious dietary restrictions. Uh, they've even gone so far to draft legislation which they call ice cream for all to make the ice cream more inclusive. <laughs> At the time, uh, the legislation has eight sponsors, including the chair, vice chair, and secretary of the Associated Students of Madison Student Council. The university's official ice cream, let me stop myself there. I didn't know schools had official ice creams. I didn't either. The school's official ice cream, the Babcock, reportedly contains a beef gelatin additive. According to Ice Cream for All, Gross. this effectively ruins the ice cream experience for some minority students, rendering certain communities such as the Jewish, Hindu, Buddhist, and vegetarian unable to enjoy it without violating their beliefs. Though the council is intended to represent a student-type government, it cannot affect change and can only make recommendations to the university on the ice cream. 
If the resolution passes, even though it may not convince the university to change the ingredients, the council, council intends to condemn university-sponsored events that feature the Babcock ice cream. Also, if passed, the council will recommend that the school officially acknowledge that the university's official ice cream marginalizes some students. The official ice cream marginalizes some students. Mm-hmm. What? That's gobbledygook. A spokesperson for the University of Wisconsin told Campus Reform that the university already has inclusive alternatives on hand, producing and selling super premium ice cream, sherbet, and Greek frozen yogurt that are made with a plant-based stabilizer and are gelatin-free. Who would have thought ice cream would cause this much of a ripple? I submit to you. The spokesperson noted that there's also the option of lactose-free ice cream for people who are lactose intolerant. Council members want their own version of the school ice cream, however, because they believe they should have the best dessert experience possible. Oh, my God, are we spoiled. The legislation adds that it would be a gross act of discrimination to continue to deprive some minority students of the experience of eating ice cream. Symbolic issues like these have always and will always play a critical role in whether marginalized students and people feel welcome, included, and connected to their community. This can't, this can't be true. Onion. No, no, we— Onion. Look at the bottom. Onion.com. Uh, 9-14-18. Uh, no? It's— Please, please tell me yes. Especially because it's about Madison. There would be onion would be poking fun at them. It would be so obvious. No, that this would be a joke. It's, it's campus reform, and it was written by uh, Sarah Taylor for the Blaze website, Glenn Beck's website. Wow. <laughs> it, it can only, it can only mean. And we alluded to this yesterday. It can only mean. Well, in this case, it's students, but they're students being mentored by people uh, who are at the school precisely to enable students to have this type of thing as a concern. Because, again, the industry that the failed academy has embraced fully is the industry of victimization. And they've managed, even through ice cream, to discover that basically—I'll cut to the chase— White privilege has resulted in ice cream that's not suitable enough for people who have dietary restrictions. It's, it's, it's white America's fault that we have this kind of ice cream, and we have an industry here dedicated to ferreting this kind of behavior out, and we found it here in ice cream. That is truly amazing. Mm-hmm. Truly amazing. I don't know anything about ice cream. I, I don't I do. know that ice cream, I didn't know it had a beef gelatin additive. Gross. Is that why when you put uh, 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 ice cream in the sink, it doesn't melt? It takes a long time for it to disappear? Let's say you take a big glob of oh, ice cream and you throw frozen. it in the sink, it doesn't go away. Well, it, it, all de- it, all, it does all depend what kind of I mean, there's stuff in there. There's stuff in yeah, there. Yeah, there's stuff in there to keep, but there's also in, in, in the better ice creams, they've got just... I knew this. I knew you'd be helpful here because yeah, you're, you're the food-based expert of the show. Well, if you look at a, a an ingredients on the side of a um, um, ice cream box, box, you'll see like which I've never gum done that, and all way. sorts of weird stuff. But if you like, Briars is pretty. It's fairly natural. They got vanilla bean. They there got go. milk. There they got go, sugar. Folks. They got yeah. cream. It's you know maybe some flavoring, but you can get it. You can get. You got to be careful what you buy. Yeah. Okay. You know what they say about Blue Bunny? I don't. Uh, Blue Bunny is how to eat Blue Bunny. There's no trick to it. You open up a carton, 
Dig in and do it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Is that uh, is that good enough for you? That's pretty good. You, that's going to take us out for this uh, this hour, this There's segment? I have more, uh, including a visit with Pat today and uh, much more. It's a scramble Friday uh, dedicated to Tommy. Oh, Tommy, I'm yeah. sorry, yeah. brah. Tell him the Rook sent you. GarageLogic.com is where you'll find us. You can download us each and every day. Apple iTunes. Don't forget to rate us. PodcastOne.com, GarageLogic.com, or anywhere you get your other podcast. Check it out. Thanks for sticking with us. Garage Logic on a Friday afternoon. Life's pretty good. <laughs>